Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. It's Wednesday and we're back. I'm Nate. He's TR. We are here. It's Wide Men Can Jump, episode number 34. TR, it's another Wednesday, sir, and we are back at it again. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Welcome back. Wednesday, the off-season. It's a quiet week right before free agency, but we're going to bring the noise anyway. Yeah, uh, free agency kicks off later in the week. Um, I believe with July 1st, free agency starts, so Sunday. Uh, probably going to be yeah. a lot of moves. Should be a lot of moves. Uh, we're going to dive dive deeper into free agency uh, later on in the show. We got a big show tonight for you, in case you were uh, wondering. We talked with basketball insider Jeff Goodman earlier. We'll have that interview for you coming up a little later. Uh, we're going to be joined by a professional basketball player who's playing over in Hungary um, internationally here shortly. Uh, but, TR, the draft was last week, and we went over and over the draft. We did a post-draft wrap-up show, but I'm sure we got a little more to add to the draft show coming up soon. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we can always, always talk about the draft. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and pay, pay some bills real quick, and we'll be right back. Have you been injured on the job, facing divorce, experiencing workplace discrimination? You can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right. The practicing law of Stephen P. New, he has practice areas of personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan, and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. That's right. Our great sponsor, Stephen P. New. Make sure you check him out, guys. He is one of our very, very loyal sponsors. And he takes care of us, and we try to take care of Steve. He's a great guy. Had him on the show before. Yeah, we love Stephen P. Man, keeps us. Indeed, he does. Stephen P. is our he's our guy, and and definitely give him a shout out. Um, I see him from time to time locally. He's uh, he's be- he's very supportive, and he can't wait to come back on the show again soon. He told me that. Yeah, he's funny. He's multifaceted besides his own business. Obviously, he's. Uh... He's dialed in on hoops, and he loves pro wrestling like we do as well, so we have a lot to yeah, discuss sure. with him when he comes on. 
pro wrestling has become like a bit has become like an abusive relationship with me. It's like, and I don't mean that as a joke to abusive relationships or anything like that, but it's like I keep watching, and every time I watch, I'm just sitting there going, "Man, I like this, but why do I like this?" <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I've been getting ready to leave it. I've been getting ready to leave it myself uh, for about 35 years now, so good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's about the way it goes. It's like, uh, I think I'll I think I'll leave and just look, never look back, and you're walking away, and you're like Lot, you took Lot, Lot's wife, you turn into a pillar of salt, because you just keep looking right. back. It's a bit, biblical reference for everybody out there. But uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk basketball as the NBA draft was last week. Everybody was really hyped for that. Then we get this little dry spell here right before free agency starts where it's almost like, what is there anything going on? And there has been a little bit of movement. Uh, A few coaches have signed here and there, uh, mostly assistants. The NBA awards did take place the other night. We'll talk about that, too. A little bit later, I almost forgot about that, T.R. Uh, yeah, because I'll be honest, I didn't watch them. Well, I mean, they're just kind of uh, they, you know, they uh, had the top three. That you know, they knew the result pretty much. Certain people did, and yeah. uh, you know, they they're milking it a little bit. But you know, thank them, God bless them, because that that gives us more content as well. So. Um, yeah. And we could talk about That's those. Often, just, I don't know. They could talk about those putrid suits. Good lord, those are just awful. Yeah. Well, it, uh. it, it, it's a little gateway to to the free agency, and then the next week is summer league, and you know it seems like there's yeah, I'm no really looking season, forward, So, really looking forward to summer league. It's going to be fun watching a lot of the rookies uh, come out and hone their skills and see how good they do and seeing where everybody ends up and you're seeing a lot of guys that didn't get drafted are getting, um, they're getting signed to summer league teams and getting those two way contracts. And it's, it's going to be a fun off season. Uh, going to be fun to, to watch as the off season in the NBA is actually one of the best off seasons, um, in the, in terms of sports, it doesn't get more exciting than the NBA. Yeah. You got all those rookies and, second-year players in some cases, et cetera, that are just, you know, fighting for their stock and opening eyes. And even if, you know, the Minnesota T-Wolves sign someone who doesn't make their team, maybe my Philadelphia 76ers will need a guy and be exposed to him, that kind of thing. So it's good yeah, for Yeah, you see players that do guys. that. There's always at least one player, one or two, that, that does that. They – they come out during summer league and they wow everybody. It's like, oh man, didn't see this guy coming. Where did he come from? And then he ends up uh, getting uh, a, a good D league spot or maybe a, a roster spot from summer league developing. But all, most of the summer league is spent watching the top rookies. Like you're going to get your first looks at DeAndre Ayton and Luka Doncic and Trey Young and Marvin Bagley and Jaron Jackson and all those guys um, finally get to look at them in summer league, get to see how they adapt to the speed of the NBA game and how, uh, how this summer league coaches use them in a rotation As summer league coaches. Actually um, a lot of the coaching staffs are co- like the coaches are auditioning as well for jobs. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Summer League, we'd never have found LeBron James, for instance. And uh, Just playing. But <laughs> you'll see some. I was, I was wondering. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> which, which Summer League was that again? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know seeing no, I watch our, I'm a Summer League. Oh, I'm a basketball geek, so I watch it all, and uh, you know, just see if you get a, you get a glimpse of of if the guys you thought were ready are are ready, at least at this yeah. point. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you can kind of kind of get a feel, and um, a lot of people have are, have circled because I think it's pretty obvious that Michael Porter Jr. is not going to play in summer league. And uh, Kevin Huter's not going to play in Summer League with that hand injury. Um, but Summer League, again, you can ha- get a guy injured. So you got to be careful in Summer League. You, you see guys go out there, and they're playing hard, but they're not going to try and kill themselves. Whereas some, the, those are the superstars that got drafted. They know they're going to play. Whereas guys who um, who are auditioning for a roster spot, they're going to give everything they've got to try to make it. That's what that's what's so great about summer league. Yeah, well, last year um, there was one notable injury, and that's uh, guess who? <laughs> good old Mark. Good old Mark Callow and I think his third game went out with an ankle injury, and then and and that's funny because return. he was tearing he, he was tearing up summer league last year. He had one. Uh, he had one twenty point outing, but then there was a subpar. I think that was. <laughs> I think that was uh, part of when he forgot his shot. At, at, uh, I don't know. Well, if it makes you if it, if it makes you feel any better, last year's summer league MVP. Do you remember who it was? Yes. Who was? Uh, Lonzo Ball. Well, look at you, and you tell me you don't remember anything. You nailed that. Yeah, because I, I it's there's a reason behind why it stuck because I was defending him a lot because his dad made him out to be Kevin Durant, uh, in a point guard form. And a lot of people thought that it was all dad. And I knew that there was some substance under there. Unlike, uh, middle one, Leangelo. Is that the middle yeah, one? Yeah, Leangelo. Um, Leangelo's the, the middle one and Lamello would be the youngest. Yeah, so I knew Lonzo could play ball. So, despite Lavar's, you know, Don King like approach, I was quietly rooting for Lonzo to just, uh, you know, show his skills, and he'll be okay. He, you know. Yeah. Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. Even if they, even if they don't bring in the big dogs, I mean, if what they have, well, they already had what thirty-five wins last season with that. Uh, and, Something, something around that. They, I think, towards the end, they were kind of trying to not maybe win as many games. If that makes any sense, uh, it's possible. Look, it looked more like they were kind of just, eh. Well, they had thirty-five wins, forty-seven losses. You were right on. Yeah, so I mean, thirty-five win team, and uh, maybe Brandon Ingram had a sandwich by then, and uh, so <laughs> don't need more than a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he'll be a good player, you know. Who's to tell how good and well, he's had Julius Randle's a big question. He's had two years now, and has he really improved that much? Though that's the 
the real question if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. They love him out there. That's the guy that they're wanting to build their team around uh, is Brandon Ingram. But has he really improved enough moving forward to be the guy that they want to build around? Because 2016, Ingram played 79 games, averaged nine points. 2017, he didn't play as many. He didn't play as many games. He only played 59. But his minutes went up. His minutes went up from 28.8 to 33.5, and his scoring did increase, um, especially after the 2016 season. He went up to 16 points a game from the previous nine points a game, and he shot a better field goal percentage. So, but is that going to be enough? Is it going to be enough for him to keep improving, though, is my question. Do you really think he's going to end up being that number two overall pick? 16 points Sixteen points per game is fine in theory, but on a 35-win team, you're basically their best player because Lonzo didn't play much last year. Ingram was the guy, and he was the number two pick in, 20, in the 2016 draft. And if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Kuzma was – was the best player on the Lakers team last year. This past year, Kyle Kuzma, he averaged in his rookie season 16 points a game with less minutes, and he played more games. Yeah, Kuzma, uh, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but I didn't expect that. Um, But just jumping from 9 to 16 a game, uh, I don't think that's bad for a guy that's really frail in the body and – and the body is big in the NBA, much more than college. So if his uh, metabolism and trainers and so forth get him to where he needs to be, uh, he might be a three- or four-year period guy, but uh, I don't know what to predict for him, but I think he'll keep improving. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll maybe pump it up to 18 this year and have a decent season. Well, we'll see. It depends on who the Lakers get in free agency. If uh, if the Lakers are able to pick up, say, a LeBron James and a Paul George, or if they get two of the three that they're aiming for, because they want to trade to get Kawhi, and pretty much everybody's on the table, I think they're willing to get rid of everyone but Ingram. So let's say they get Kawhi Leonard and they get LeBron James, example-wise. Do the Lakers have enough to allow Ingram room to grow and be a better player? Good question. Um, I think on, on a cerebral level, uh, you have to get better when you play alongside LeBron if he's not yelling at you too much. And uh, on a physical developmental level, it'll be uh, it'll be a different story, that's for sure. But um, yeah, got to weed out the weak though. That'd be interesting. I. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of Kawhi right now just because I to me he's unpredictable. I just uh I, I agree with that. I don't he, know. He's very unpredictable and you don't know what he's going to do, but uh TR, we have our guest on here. We are joined right cool. now with professional basketball player playing in Hungary, Stevie Browning. Stevie, what's up, buddy? What's happening, fellas? What's happening? Not much. Hey, Stevie Stevie, my co-host TR is on here. We just wanted to get uh, talk to you a little bit. Uh, when you first graduated, I know Stevie from playing at Marshall, and we both grew up in the same hometown. And Stevie, you're playing over in Hungary right now, correct? 
That is correct. Um, I played in Hungary for the second half of the season. I played in Turkey for the first half of the season. So, it, so what, I had a little transition, you, but yeah, we finished off in Hungary. What you? Uh, what made you make the switch from Turkey to Hungary? Are you allowed to get into that? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, it was just a lot of a lot of things going on with the club in Turkey, um, and you know. I felt it was best for my career and my agent felt the same way. And my family felt the same way that, that we uh, cut ties with them and go in a different direction. So that's what we did. And I went to a team in Hungary called uh Sonak Olai and it was, a, it was a great move. We won the championship and had a great time. Nice. Uh, Stevie coming out of Marshall, um, making that decision to go overseas. Is that, a, is that a tough decision with the culture shock and everything? I was always fascinated with, uh, you know, the lifestyle change and so forth of, of an, of a player playing overseas. Um, I wouldn't say it was a tough decision because, you know, I've wanted to, to play professionally my entire life. So when I finished at Marshall, it just seemed like the next step for me. And, um, but I realized, I came to realize how much of a culture shock it was, especially going to Turkey. And um, okay, but you know it was it was okay. It was it was I had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, you know you adjust to the cultures. But you know, yeah, I definitely I definitely have been have been wanting to do this my whole life, so uh, it wasn't that tough of a decision. Gotcha. Well, what's the competition like over in in the Euro League, like Hungary and Turkey? I know you played at Marshall, so you're used to playing Division One basketball. And Coach D'Antoni, I spoke to um, a while back, and he had nothing but positive things to say about you. Um, what's the difference level in competition going from a Conference USA school like Marshall over to a professional team in in Hungary? Oh, I mean, it's a uh... <laughs> the competition is good because I mean all the guys that's playing over there were all um the best players usually the best players on their college teams and so it's just it's just like we're playing just in a different country but you know it's mainly Americans who who run the shows over there so it, you're playing you're playing night in and night out you're playing good competition awesome um Turkey, I, I don't know. I, I think the timeline. You probably, I think uh, I'm in Philadelphia, so we have Dario Saric here. Came over. I think he came over from Turkey. Did you cross paths with him, or is that a different time frame? With who? With who? Dario Saric. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, he was already gone because I was at. He was already gone. Okay, he on, was a, on a follow. On a follow up on that. Um, he came, you know, he came with um, a certain, uh, they used to say about, you know, overseas that, you know, because we had the one, uh, what was Marco, not Marco, uh, Darko Milicic. Um, yeah. So there was like a, there was a stigma or whatever about overseas players, but, but now it seems like, you know, everywhere you turn, it's, it's dominating the NBA uh, as far as presence and toughness, especially. Um you find a lot of physical players over there and grit and toughness and so forth? Um, as far as the grit and, the grit and toughness goes, I think I think that the American players have, have a one-up on them. But the game is more physical. Um, 
the game is a lot more physical over there just because there's no defensive three seconds and, you know, it's still where the NBA and even how college now is switching to, you know, pick and roll, spreading the floor, shooting a lot of threes. The overseas game is still at a point where they like to feed the bigs and, you know, play with two centers in the games and um, with the no, with no defensive three seconds, you know, when every time you drive, there's a there's a seven footer standing in the middle of the paint waiting uh-huh. on you. So, so it's a it's a it's a physical game, and the refs don't call a lot. They let they let a lot go, and they let you play a lot. So that was a, that was a big adjustment. But yeah, it's a, it's it's very physical over there, and that's why I think yeah. you see a lot of times like the bigs that come over um, from those places and play in the league are really physical bigs because that's just what they're used to. Gotcha. Well, on another point, you, you're you over there talking about playing, but how about personal life? How does playing professionally, because when you're in college, you have to focus on school and go to class and, and all yeah. that, but over there you're a professional. Uh, how does that affect what you do over there? Is it all basketball all the time, or do they actually give you – do you have a minute to catch your breath when you're playing overseas? Oh, actually, you have a lot of free time, and that's where – that's the biggest thing about being a professional is you have to – you have a lot of free time, but you have to you have to realize that you're over there for a job. So you gotta you gotta stay in the gym. I mean, they don't manage like other than outside of practice once, maybe twice a day, depending on when the next game is. You you're free the rest of the time, and you gotta you gotta be a professional about it and and get yourself in the gym and get yourself to rehab and and training and um and all that stuff, or else you'll fall behind. And you know. I see where it could be easy to do, where you could just get over there and get complacent with with just being in the gym for practice and not really doing any extra stuff. But that's where I had, you know, I had a lot of good, um, like, leaders on my team, like older guys, veterans, who helped me, show, who showed me the ropes and, and showed me how to carry myself as a professional. And I was definitely blessed for that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something – on that topic, I was wondering if uh, people took you under their wing coming over from uh, just about two years ago. Was it, it was about two years now? Um, no, I I left to leave my first time about eleven months ago. So this is oh, my, yeah, this oh, my, my first year out. My bad. So oh, that's that's so that's even fresher on your mind. So this is uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I mean, there still might be things that, uh, looking forward, there still might be things to come. That uh, are you, you feel like you're you're settled in or what have you, and and you're ready to go. Like uh, the, I, I know it's the same sort of the same question as the first. I, I just uh, as a younger guy and uh, settling in and whatnot. Like it's just like you got to keep busy in your professional, but. Do you have do you have much time at all to just uh, soak it in and enjoy that you've sort of lived your dream and you're living your dream uh, to a point? I'm sure you you know you want to move on and go as far as you can, but has it settled in? Like yeah, I made it. Wow, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, all right. My, so my parents every day, like almost every day, they talk to me. They're like, look, you know, you're doing what kids get to dream about, and like this is what you dreamed about, and obviously my main goal is the NBA and I'm not going to stop working until I get it. But 
you know, at the same time, I still am living out a dream right now. And so right. my parents just always around me about just living in the moment and embracing what's going on around me because, you know, a lot of times you can get wrapped up in in little things, little issues, and 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 lose sight of of where you're at in life. And um, you know, this is a this is a special time in life for me, and I'm glad I got people around me who who love me and care about me enough to to make sure that I'm really soaking all this in. It's a, it's a blessing for sure. Yeah, so you play professionally overseas. Is there anybody as hard on you as Big Stevie is on you? Oh, no chance. <laughs> never, no chance. never. It goes, it goes, it goes. Big Steve, and then it goes Mark Hatcher. And, oh God! Uh, and, oh God! Mark Hatcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Big Steve, but Big Steve is—he's still number one, and he's my—he's always my biggest critic, but he's always my biggest fan, and. um I know anything coming from him that he says to me is is only getting me better. It's not going to get me worse, and I know he wants the best for me. So once I realize that and I get past the, his his tone of voice, um, you know, I, I take in what he says, and you know, he he hasn't let me wrong this far. So I might as well keep nah. keep listening to him. Nah. Big Steve's a great guy. Uh, this is a an international podcast. However, this is Logan County still, and I know Steve, Big yeah. Steve, and Mark, and, and Mark's dad, Allen, and uh, all those guys, and they got yeah. a lot of connections all over the United States in terms of players and coaches. And but speaking of, since Absolutely. this is West Virginia, it's West Virginia, and uh, Tr is probably sick of hearing about West Virginia with as much as I put it over to him down here, whether it's Javon Carter, <laughs> or we've had uh, we've had Neil Skaggs on talking Marshall basketball with us um, during yeah. the tournament run. Uh, Coach D'Antoni, uh, you got to play under Coach D'Antoni, and uh, he had yeah. great things to say about you. How did he help shape your game to get you ready to play overseas? Man, I can't say enough about Coach Dan. Um, you know, and that's one of the things I didn't I didn't realize how great of a coach he was. I mean, I knew he was a really good coach when I was playing for him. I knew the stuff he was giving me was was great stuff. But you know, you don't really appreciate a coach and how great he is like coach Dan until after you're, you're done not playing for him and you, and you move on and you see the way different people coach. And because, you know, Dan, Dan, he's not, he doesn't yell that much. He's always, um, he always keeps a cool level head. And, you know, he, he really knows how to, how to connect with his players and how to get the best from his players. And, you know, he's been doing it for a long time and man, I, no chance I'd be where I'm at without Dan. You know, he just from the little things he would show us in workouts to him stopping a practice randomly to give us a 15-minute life lesson about something that didn't have anything to do with basketball. Um, it's just Dan is a one-of-a-kind man, and I am privileged to have played for him. Uh, obviously, uh, that's – from the D'Antoni family, I mean that's a connection to the NBA, which uh, which is also uh, fantastic that everybody's you know connected in that regard in one way or the other. So if 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 you're doing something good, it doesn't matter where the where you are on the planet, i.e. like yeah. uh, the Greek freak and so forth. Everybody's got their eyes open for the next guy that's standing out. So that's got to be a great Absolutely. thing, um, you know. So. You're on the radar, even if even if seemingly to the casual fan, you're off the radar. It's worldwide now. It's a phenomenon, and uh, 
That's good stuff, man. Uh, can you repeat, repeat that last part? I didn't catch that. Uh, I was just saying that's that's great stuff, uh, the way basketball oh, yeah, evolved yeah. into an international game. Uh, it wasn't really a comment. You know, one one thing that I didn't I didn't realize before I went overseas was how how much they love basketball over there. Um, you know, both of the countries I were in, the games would be packed. In Hungary, we our our gym held probably about three thousand people, but every game there'd be about five thousand people just jam packed in that little in that little arena, and they would be going crazy, beating on drums and all kinds of stuff, and you know the embrace and the support we got from the fans was, was crazy. And, you know, being in the States, you don't, you don't think about that. You think, okay, basketball is an American sport. You go over there, you don't know, you'll be playing and You don't have an idea what you'll be playing in. And it was, you know, it was a blessing to, to go over there and, and feel the love like that. So. Right on. Well, one thing, one thing I've I noticed playing oh, when you put, go over there to play is, you, like you said, they're smaller gyms. It's like maybe a, a high school gym, but it's packed. It's almost like it's, uh, you know, you got the number one and number two teams in double A or triple A in the state coming in playing every night. Yeah. Do they treat you, maybe you and your, your teammates, as celebrities? Maybe not like an NBA celebrity, worldwide celebrity, but over there, are you guys considered like, oh, we oh, got to stop well, this guy yeah, getting well, the Starbucks sure. and get a picture? Absolutely. Um <laughs> If we would go out to eat, people would come up to us, want pictures and autographs, and um, you know it was, it was like that in Turkey and Hungary. Um, you know, everywhere we went, you know, we would kind of get noticed and recognized, and you know that's a blessing too. And it was a blessing to be able to to give back to those fans a little bit, especially with winning the championship. I know that that's a that's a big deal for them, and it was. It was it was a blessing for me to be able to give that back to them after all the love and the support that they've that they gave me all year. Yeah, that's really cool that you guys won it all. And uh, I I had a question from earlier that I forgot. Was uh, is there any in either country teammates? Is there any uh, language barriers and so forth? I mean, basketball is pretty simplistic where. You know, if a guy slashes and he's open, you're going to hit him, and, and vice versa. Yeah. But uh, is there any language barriers that's that's tough to get over in the beginning? Um, Turkey was tougher. Yeah, we okay. for the most part, all the guys on the team, all the players, spoke pretty fluid English. But um, okay. so in Turkey, I had two coaches. One of them got fired after the first ten games. And the next one they brought in was Turkish, and he didn't speak a lick of English. He only spoke yeah. Turkish. So, so we had a translator and everything. But the translator, it was it was a little it was tough to understand. And it, that was the that was the really the biggest on the court language issue I had. Okay, yeah, I was interested about that. Well, I, we won't take up too much more of your time, Stevie. I really do appreciate you jumping on here and talking with us for a little bit. Um, hey, no problem. But I do, no problem. I do want to ask you, um, you said your work, your ultimate goal is the NBA, and all of us down here that went to school with you, we still believe you can make it. And, uh, yeah, I, I've seen you play. I know you're. I know how good you are, and I know you can get there if you work hard enough because nobody's going to work harder than you. Um, 
what are you doing though to get towards going to the NBA? What's what's that training like? Um, you know, it's an everyday thing. Uh, I got off the plane um, Thursday night, and you know, I was in the gym. On uh, I got off the plane Thursday around midnight, so it was basically Friday morning, and I got I was in the gym around Friday at noon. Um, with my dad and my little brother and you know that's I I believe God's got a plan and everything but we have to hold up our end of it too and that's working hard and that's doing the most you can do and letting and letting God put you in the situations that he that that's needed so I'm going to do my part and let the chips fall where they may and that's working hard and that's being an everyday an everyday competitor and the rest will fall wherever God wants it to. Right on. I, well, if the chips fall and they end up in Philadelphia, then that'd be good for me because that's where I'm based out of. But, you know, hey, that'd Big be Nate good will probably have – That'd be good for me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Nate will probably have a, have another team that he uh, he might want you to end up at. But uh, uh, where, you you where do you want Stevie to end up at, Nate? Well, we love him up in the land of the lakes in Minnesota. You know how that is. But uh, you know what? I just wish the best for Stevie just going forward, man. I really hope you do great things. And you're making us Logan County proud down here. Uh, you earned a starting spot over there in Hungary, didn't you? Um, near the end of the year, yeah. All right, that's I, I awesome. Started about, I started about half the games while I was there. That's awesome, man. Keep hustling. Keep making us proud, man. You're doing great. TR, you got anything you want to add to Steve before we let him go? Nah, just uh, you know, just keep Philadelphia in his in the back of his mind uh, down the road. I mean, uh, congratulations on on your success overseas, and uh, as you said, wherever you're meant to be, you'll be meant to be, and you put the work in, and uh, it'll be interesting following your career. And I I appreciate it that you you jumped on with us for a few minutes tonight, and uh, great luck, and uh, you're a good guy, and good luck with everything in the future, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. Hope to catch up with you before you go back overseas, all right? All right, no doubt. See you. All right, take take it easy, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Stevie Browning, professional basketball player from Hungary, formerly living here in my little hometown. See, West Virginia's got a lot of cool stuff, TR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're – you got uh, Javon Carter. You got him over on me, and uh, <laughs> still haven't still haven't sold the T Wolves on me yet. But uh, working on. And I haven't fin I haven't finished haven't finished watching your uh, cage match. I forgot I started that the other day, but then didn't finish. <laughs> so you, you guys are growing on me for sure. And he he sounded like a great great guy. Uh, he's a great guy, and I'll have to send you some of his uh, highlights. He was on. He's done uh, a few Sports Center top tens. Uh, a couple times but uh let's go ahead and pay some more bills we'll be right back right after this we want to invite you to check out our sponsor wowfreecam.com for everything you could ever want and imagine in a cam site it's finally here it's wowfreecam.com you can log on right now and go look at some beautiful 
women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. WowFreeCam.com limits absolutely nothing to your effect, and you can join right now and go check out all the fun over on WowFreeCam.com. Make sure that you are 18 or older before checking out the site, but we want to give our oldest sponsor some love here on Wide Men Can't Jump and the Wide Men Network. WowFreeCam.com have been with us from the beginning, and we want you to enjoy all the riches they have to offer. So check it out now. You don't know what you're missing. WowFreeCam.com must be 18 or older. Right, WowFreeCam.com, our oldest sponsor, but definitely one of our best sponsors here on Wide Men Can't Jump. TR, as we transition from talking international basketball, is you know I'm kind of glad we got to do that because that's a to me that's a an area that you don't hear about a lot is the international game and like Stevie said, you know they they don't have a defensive three seconds. You can play more zone. He says it's more physical. They let more go and. You know, I've said what what European ball I've seen. You know, he's dead on. He knows the game, and um, it's a different breed over there, different kind of basketball. Yeah, it seems uh, from what he described, it seems a little more old school, which I tend to like, um, and and it explains the completeness kind of of, of the players uh, when they come over after being there for several years. It's like the you know they're. Like I brought up Dario, uh, he in the time frame he didn't play with him, but you know he's got a lot of that, you know, really fighting for the rebounds down low, and he's it's like he's almost uh, dropped Tim Dombrova's name. He's almost like a hockey mentality where he's really, uh, you know, fighting as opposed to playing in some instances down low. So I, I can see the influence on the big men down there. Yeah, definitely, and you see guys like. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Jokic coming over. Big guys like Ennis Cantor. He's a banger down low, especially in terms on the offensive side of the ball. So you see that European influence, especially in the big men of the game. Of course, Dirk, who, who could forget Dirk, and probably the greatest uh, Euro ball player ever to come to the United States. So, you know, it's hard to, to look at him and say, oh, well, you know, they don't make a con- uh, to the, they don't make a contribution to the game. I say bullshit. So, uh, Euroball is important, well, as far as I'm concerned. Everybody, everybody that I can think of does a Euro step now, and that, you know that didn't come exactly. from uh, that didn't come from Toledo. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we're good. I got a kick out of that. At least. Um, but what we're going to do right now, TR, it's cool with you. Um, I'm going to look at some of these free agents here on the list. Most of them. There's restricted, there's unrestricted, but I'm looking at some players here, and I want you and I to look at these guys and try to see. Maybe we we can try and say where we think they'll end up, but nobody really knows, but where they would help the most. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're going to uh, mention some players that aren't really on SportsCenter every other day. Yeah, yeah, more so than like because you know everybody's talking about LeBron James, everyone's talking about Paul George and and the guys like that. But there's so many players out there that can help a team that you're not going to hear about on Sports Center, but you're going to hear about them here on Wide Men Can't Jump because we dive deeper than Sports Center. Okay, Sports Center is is a shallow dive into the NBA, whereas Nate and Tr 
we go all the way and search on the Titanic on the floor of the ocean. So, You're you know right. how it is here. Right. We're like the band. Well, first, we stick with it. Yeah. I don't all right. know well, how that equates. <laughs> me <not> right. <laughs> was the worst analogy ever. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going down with the ship somehow. There we go. That I don't know. <laughs> but we're not going down. Go ahead. Like Monty Brown's uh, entrance music. You're going down, 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 down. Monty anyway. Brown. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, here we're going to start with one of your boys that was a Philadelphia 76er last year. He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, won J.J. Reddick 17 points a game, uh, three assists per game. He's unrestricted. He's entering, uh, what is it, the 17th year? In the league or so, um, he got $23 million last year. I don't think he's going to get that kind of a deal this year, but where other, like, obviously you would want him back in Philly, I would assume, correct? Uh, not necessarily for me. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for JJ. I, I mean, he has his own podcast as well, so I got to learn a little bit about the person. Um, he was a villain at Duke for sure, but he's a really nice guy and pretty logical guy and a, a competitive fire for 15 years uh, last year in the league going in season 16. But he came out at the same same time as LeBron and Carmelo. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I just saw some – obviously we saw – it's been pointed out everywhere about the defense and the liability of, of Bellinelli and, and – in some cases, the Celtics were just foaming at the mouth when they could, uh, you know, Tate, guys like Tatum, Brown, when they would have J.J. on them. And that's a factor. You know, like, 23 mil for one season, he looked for uh, a three-season deal. He lives in Brooklyn. He has a house. Talked about his family and so forth. Uh, and Brian Burner account, Colangelo, talked him into sticking around. Here for one, for more money, uh, no shot he's getting 23 anywhere. He knows that. Um, I think in season 16 you can't really overpay. Um, I'm not sure if if he comes back, it's going to be for a, a pretty pretty decent drop. You know, um, do you have anywhere else? Uh, would he fit in Minnesota? Is there anywhere else? Well, he, you know, he was possibly yeah. going there at one point. Yeah, he would fit, but there's another free agent I've got my eye on that's more doable for Minnesota and and possibly cheaper. We could probably get away with a mid-level exemption on. Um, J.J., to me, um, I think a team he would fit perfectly for would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you could make a move in your Cleveland to get J.J. Redick, um, he's basically a better version of Kyle Korver. He's a better shooter. Uh, he's a better free throw shooter than just about anybody in the league. He's yeah. a better veteran. He's played higher up competition. He'll be the perfect guy for LeBron. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands to create a shot. He can create. He can just catch and shoot. And Jay, that would be perfect for him. If you want to help keep LeBron James, you got Colin Sexton. That was a good move. If you're at Cleveland and you're able to do something to convince J.J. Redick to come play with you in Cleveland, you've got a good chance to keep LeBron James. I think that's a good 
base for him. It's like he needs more guys that can score because J.R. Smith obviously just hasn't worked out. Um, Kyle Korver was hit or miss. He was, you know, Rodney Hood's probably gone. Um, they need help, and I think J.J. Redick would give them a boost playing with LeBron James and would actually prolong his career not having to play as much or as hard because in Philly the first half of the season he had to be the guy. So I think he uh I think Cleveland would be a good spot for him. I think Milwaukee would be a good spot for him. And another spot that nobody would even think. I don't even know if the contracts would work out. I would have to do some math and some looking up. But New Orleans would be great for him. If he could get to New Orleans and pair him with Anthony Davis and you got Ray John Rondo, the the true point guard, and Drew Holiday's down there. Guys like that, uh, Etwan Moore. I think Reddick could really help develop that Pelicans team to get better. Yeah, I think those are the teams that'll look at them the closest. The guy, the teams that are missing just a little bit here and a little bit there. I don't think you'll see them you know, popping up in Atlanta or anything like that. You no, know, I don't think uh, he's going to be a Nick or, or anything like that. I don't think Brooklyn's going to try and sign him. He's going to be a guy that's going to go to a team that's almost there and try to help compete. That That's what I'm thinking with him. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I mean, see where he ends up. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making a goodbye party for him here in Philly because certainly, as you said, in the first half, he was basically the scoring option. And uh, <clears throat> it's 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 just a complicated situation with twenty three million dollars as opposed to what we'll have to offer if we do venture into those waters of getting a uh, high profile player and so forth. So uh, if if he can accept a different role in year sixteen here, that would be great. But um, wherever he goes, he'll help. He'll help somebody. Yeah. And plus, I think with Philly's draft picks, uh, with Smith as their draft pick, I think Reddick's going to be as good as gone. Uh, I don't think they plan on paying him that much. Unless he unless he just really wants to stay in Philly, um, I think he's going to be elsewhere next season. That's just me. Um, right, right. But another guy that I'm looking at who's a restricted free agent, you don't hear a lot of talk about. He averaged 14.3 points a game, 2.5 rebounds a game. He got paid $8.8 million last season. And that would be Avery Bradley, who is an unrestricted free agent from the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, for me, Bradley makes way too much sense to not be on the Wolves. This should be the guy that Tom Thibodeau is after. What's the two things the Wolves need most? We need defense. We need three-point shooting. This is a guy that can bring both. He's a 3 and D kind of guy. He can add depth to a bench that struggled shooting, especially now that we're losing Jamal Crawford. Uh, if we don't pick up Bellinelli's contract, I think Bradley could be a guy that can step in and play the play that two spot. If you want to, if you have to sit Wiggins and move Butler to the three, Bradley can step in. He can play the one if need be. If you um, have to give Teague a break or Tyus Jones a rest, if we don't resign Derrick Rose, I think Avery Bradley. If you can get him on that mid-level exemption that you have as Minnesota, I think he makes way too much sense there. But a guy who's a 3 and D guy, he can fit almost anywhere in the league. Um, you know, he could end up Denver. If Denver loses Will Barton, Avery Bradley just fits perfectly into that position there with Gary Harris. Um, he could go there. Utah could use a guy like that, especially with Rubio 
uh, as the the main guy point guard, but you've got Don, Donovan Mitchell. Joe Ingles plays as the three, but if you have Bradley in your rotation in Utah, he could make that team a lot better there too. And in the East, uh, a team like Charlotte could use a guy like Bradley, especially with Batum's inflated contract, and he's not been performing up to snuff the past few years. Um, Bradley would be good in Cleveland as well. Any kind of guy that's a 3 and D guy would fit well in Cleveland. So Avery Bradley's going to have his – he's going to have plenty of suitors this offseason. Yeah, he's just – he's one of those guys that's uh, – you know, he came from – Boston to Cleveland and that 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 fiasco midseason ended up out west um but he's just one of those guys that you know quietly has a 15 year plus career and you know you look back at his numbers and you're like damn he was he was a player um just one of those guys that that, that could really help um probably not going to be an all-star but definitely consistent his whole whole career and uh barring injury i think the teams you mentioned already are are probably the suitors for him they they sound like they make sense and uh how do you feel personally would you is 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 he a guy you're looking at from a minnesota fan he's the guy he's the guy that if you can get him for that exemption that's the guy i want that's that's my off-season get with the money that we have and what we need, he's a guy that I'm looking at. There's a couple other guys that I would, would be interested in having. But to me, Bradley is the one that makes the most sense for us, uh, given what he can do. There's a couple more guys I think Minnesota could do could work with. But uh, well, speaking of which, uh, we can take a look at now. Will Barton. I love Will Barton in Minnesota. He averaged 15.7 last year. Uh, he's a consistent bench scorer. Uh, he can do damage as a starter even. Um, we need offense. We need a guy that can score. He's not going to do what Bradley does on defense, but he's a lot cheaper. He only earned $3.5 million last season. Uh, Minnesota fits him. Any you know, any shooting guard position would need a guy like that. Plus, he's big and long. He's six foot six. What do you think about Will Barton? I know you paid attention to the Nuggets when they played the Sixers this season. Well, yeah, I mean – He's uh he's one of those NBA's best kept secrets. Uh playing in Denver especially, um it used to kind of be after stocking them alone for a little lull, it was Denver and Utah where those teams you only, you know, watch when your home team goes there because they're not a sexy team to put on uh, national television or whatever. But yeah. um with Donovan Mitchell so they got a lot of uh a lot of mainstream coverage and Sports Center highlights on a nightly basis, but Denver just plugs away and is always a good, you know, that it took till the last game of the season with your boys coming out on top to yeah, keep them out God. of the playoffs in the in the West. So, you know, uh, and he was a big part of that. So, um, I don't, I, you know, there's no talk that his name is never mentioned around here because, you know, the people speculating are shooting for the biggest fish in the ocean, but I think there's got to be a, a contingency plan or a, a plan B is a better, is a better word. Um, well, you can, shoot for the star. you can, you can shoot for the stars, but what happens if you only make it to the moon? You got to have a back. Exactly. Head, you know? And I hope that Brett Brown is uh, considering other guys and then, you know, especially guys that can shoot that are, affordable but affordable is a key question and 
depends what you know i saw something somewhere and i don't know if you can confirm this maybe it was just a uh, hypothetical article because as usual i'll see something and get distracted i'm easily distracted nate uh i got to take up the clickbait don't you yes i do i I go to i go to look at something and then something will pop up and next thing i know i forgot it but it was something that indicated that the nba is considering swapping the order of free agency and the draft which really would be awesome um i don't know that there's probably downsides as a fan that i'm not thinking of but it'd be really cool to know before you go into the draft who's where and what and and so forth well here's um, here's my biggest here's my biggest issue with that what do you think most of the players are going to do? They're not going to sign until they know where these players are, where these who's getting drafted. You know what I mean? Uh, I think uh, you're not going to see you're not going to see LeBron James or or uh, Paul George make a decision until after the draft, and they don't have to make a decision until they're ready. That's the thing. It's like, well, why would right, I go to this right, team right, if they're right. going to trade this draft pick that I think that they need to make the team better? So yeah. it would be cool, in, like it would be neat if it happened, but I don't think it will. Yeah. So it was a it was a legitimate. Uh, it was bandied about, or is is being bandied I, about though? Now that I'm that I'm not sure. I can I can find out. I don't right, know I'm for a fact. I can look it up in a little bit. That's, that won't be an issue. I can look it up a little later, but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, another guy I did want to dive into with the, uh, we'll call them the the free agents that you don't know about, uh, Trevor Ariza, 6'8", right. small forward. Uh, yeah, I, I put a name on it. Do you like the name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trevor Ariza averaged 11.7 and 4.4 rebounds for the Rockets last season, earned $7.4 million. Um I got to think Ariza thinks he's due for a, a good payday uh, being an unrestricted free agent with Houston um, Houston being the team that almost got there last year. Ariza was a big part of it. And with Ryan Anderson's just putrid contract that, that the Rockets have that I don't think anybody's just going to take. Um, I think Ariza, if he decides to leave Houston, um, I don't think he will leave Houston. But if he decides to leave Houston, um, the perfect fit for him would be Portland. Portland needs a three in the worst possible way. Um, New Orleans could use Trevor Reese in a bad way. I like Etwan Moore, but I just don't think he's a three that you're going to want to rely on. You're going to want to move Rondo to that bench player role, and you're going to want to put Holiday at the one, and then you can put Moore at the two and slide a Reese in at the three. And then I think you're look. I think you're set pretty well there, um, if Ariza goes there, or you know, you've got McCollum and Lillard. If you're able to pull Ariza up there, that makes them more reliable. You don't have to rely on guys like Al Farouk Aminu and and players of that caliber. You step up your level of play with Trevor Ariza, who's and Ariza played so he had such a bad series offensively against. Golden State because he was so exhausted from guarding Kevin Durant. You could you could see it when he played. He was so tired from guarding Kevin Durant that he just he was exhausted. There was nothing he had nothing left, and he was missing shots. and And that he'll take a beating for that in the media. But you could tell it was he was tired. 
Yeah, what are you going to do with Kevin Durant, you know? Um, and he played him well. He played him well, I thought, all things considered. You take him seven games, Ariza did a great job on Durant in that series. Yeah, I mean, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, um, Anthony Davis, year in and year out, against Kevin Durant was, with the length that they both have, Anthony Davis was in his face, and he was still just draining threes uh, from time to time. So, you know, I could see that on the defensive end where you're just like, what the hell do I got to do with this guy? And that's that's no slight to Ariza, you know. Um, no. But if no, you, watch, I mean, he did if the you best pay attention, good. yeah, if you pay attention to the whole game, and, <clears throat> you know, a lot of guys take off that side of the ball and are, you know, are worried about their uh, – their glamour. I mean, uh, not necessarily worried about their glamour, but just uh, in some cases that's the case. But, you know, uh, it's very rare that you have a two-way player. That's why Kawhi is so uh, valued that he has that cardiovascular conditioning and toughness and, and so forth. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to switch to Kawhi just yet. But, uh, you know, I think some of that might have uh, got rusty over a year, but I'll go back to Trevor Ariza in that um, as far as the offensive output, Mm -hmm. I just have a question to you. Do you think that that is a product of the system and where he played in? And uh, can you expect that kind of, those kind of numbers somewhere else without a James Harden and a Chris Paul? Well, here's the thing. His numbers this season, um, I'm not a hundred percent I'm assuming they were down. I don't know that for a fact. Um, I'll check his stats from previous years really quick. But uh, I don't think that they were <clears throat> they were particularly fantastic compared to years past. I mean, in 2013, he had his best points per game average with the Wizards at 14.4. Then he goes to the Rockets 2014-2015. He's averaging 12.8, 12.7. Um and when he was with the Wizards, he was shooting 40% from three. You go to 2016, 2017, he averaged 11.7 points per game, only 34% and 36% from three. But And his rebound numbers dropped as well due to the system because in Washington he was averaging six rebounds. In 2017, he's only averaging four. His assist numbers dropped as well, but – his minutes per game went down. He was playing 35, 36 minutes a game. Now he's down to 33 minutes a game. And he only played in 67 games this year. Uh, still shot a good percentage, but at the same time, James Harden's going to shoot. James Harden's going to shoot his shot. Chris Paul's going to shoot his shot. Trevor Ariza was basically option five when it came to offense on that team. It went Harden, Paul, Capella, Gordon, then Ariza. Even though Ariza started over Gordon, Gordon was still more of an offensive threat than what Ariza was, as far as I'm concerned. Ariza was there for his length and his ability to knock down open shots when he when he got the ball. He wasn't a primary go-to scorer for Houston. He was used for his length and defense. Yeah, that's understandable. I uh, I don't know. Something doesn't click with me and, and Ariza. And it's not like, oh, God, that guy sucks or anything like that. But I just, you know, he's he's not, to my knowledge, in the plans for Philadelphia. But 
he'd be one of those guys if I got him. He's just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't um, think he would fit. I don't think he would fit well in Philly. Like, I don't think no, what he I'm does. No, I'm not saying a fit-wise. Yeah. I'm just, just saying, like, he he's he's not a guy who excites me if, if I hear him. Oh, okay. They're looking like at a, Trevor a, and, you know, a fan yeah, in general you. of any market, you know. Yeah, I got you. But, I, I mean, you. that's just me. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I'll tell you what, TR, we've got a few more unrestricted free agents to look at. Um, but first, let's go ahead and let's pay one more bill here, and then we'll get to our conversation with Jeff Goodman. So we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller, and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight Biocon. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60 plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcone.com backslash makeupkennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. And again, we want to thank all of our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New, WowFreeCam.com, and Makeup by Kennedy. That's Facebook.com slash Makeup Kennedy. Well, TR, we had the extreme privilege of speaking with basketball insider Jeff Goodman earlier today in a pre-recorded interview. Our, uh, you want to go ahead and we'll get to that and jump back to more free agency and maybe uh, talk a little post-draft when we get back? Yeah, absolutely. Jeff was... Uh... Jeff was a great get by you, uh, and uh, might have uh, hinted to something in his near future, which is pretty cool, too, that we'll talk about afterward when we come back, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we come back. Uh, this is Nate and TR. Here's our interview with Jeff Goodman, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, we're here with Jeff Goodman, basketball insider. Jeff, thanks for giving us some time here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. Everything's good. Everything's good. Just uh, recuperating from a knee injury. So I've been, uh, been on the couch for quite a bit over the last five weeks and uh, got the good news that I'm able to actually put weight on my leg today. So it's a, it's a good day. Cool, you'll be back well, before Porzingis now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, well, right. Jeff, we wanted to just kind of get pick your brain here about the NBA. Is right now we're in kind of a, uh, I guess, a dry spell, as you would say. There's a little bit of free agency action going on. There's rumors, but yeah. uh, just had the draft. Let's go ahead and start with the draft. I'll go ahead and ask you, um, who do you think were the real winners and who was the real losers of the NBA draft this year? You know, um, big winners. I mean, I got to start with Phoenix. They got the the prize of the draft, DeAndre Ayton. So their tanking uh, was worthwhile. Uh, and I think they, you know, they added another piece that can help them right away in in, in uh, Mikael Bridges. You know, he can make shots and space the court. He can guard. He's ready to come in and play it. You know, at least on that end of the court right away. So I I, I did. I like that one. Um, I like Denver taking Michael Porter Jr. I mean, I don't have his medical record, so it's hard to say. 
what he's going to do, and I don't think anybody knows how he's going to play out health-wise with the back injury. But at 14, if you're a small market team like Denver, I think you roll the dice and hope that you find a guy that um, can be a star, which I think he was the second most talented player in the draft, but obviously he because of a back injury. Um, you know, I don't love Washington's pick at Troy Brown at 15. I was a little surprised at that, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, the Clippers, I, I like Shea Alexander. I just don't, you know, if he's willing to work, which he's a good kid, he'll probably get better. Uh, I just don't know if any of these point guards are going to be like top 10 point guards in the NBA at the end of the day. Trey Young, Sexton, or Shea, uh, Gildas Alexander. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with the uh, with the guard assessment. Uh, Nate and I, we started this a while ago. Nate's a T-Wolves guy, and I'm from Philadelphia. So um, okay. I asked you some Philly, Philly questions specifically. Um, you know, I was at all in with the feel-good story of Mikhail coming here. Uh, you know, he played high school here. He played at Villanova, et cetera, et cetera. His mom works in HR. And he was the most emotional of anybody in the draft and sure. I said I said feel good story three and D he'll fit in nice cool I'm good and then Zaire Smith who they brought in twice for workouts and they were in love with he and Kevin Knox going in um, and then they ended up with what they ended up with uh, you know Shake Milton and uh, yep. Landry Shamet etc um, you know every day it changes what you hear do you have any any further source than we have as far as, uh, you know, where LeBron, Kawhi Leonard – I don't want Kawhi Leonard, but I can get into that later. But uh, where LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, et cetera, is it, are any of the three, in your opinion, um, what's the percentage of Atlanta Philly? I'll, I'll word it that way. I mean, I think LeBron ultimately goes – either he stays in Cleveland or goes to the Lakers. Um, that's the general belief here. I'd be surprised if he goes anywhere else. Obviously, people like to put the the Rich Paul, Ben Simmons uh, linkage uh, to Philly. Um, but I, I think, again, I think it's going to be either he stays home or he goes to L.A. Uh, Kawhi's a different deal. Obviously, you know, San Antonio's got to figure out what they can get for him. Um, you know, they don't want to trade him to a Western Conference team, but if that's ultimately if that's a team that's going to give them the most return on their investment, uh, then you probably go for that at the end of the day. You're hoping not to, and there aren't too many teams that that can offer. To me, the Celtics are the team that has the most to offer in the East, clearly. You know, young players, you could put Jalen Brown in there. You could throw the Sacramento pick next year. You, you can do whatever you want if you're Danny Ainge, if you want to get Kawhi Leonard. Um, I don't know if you want to give up as much as, as some people have said. Um, and Kawhi Leonard's a little bit of a risky proposition right now, both physically and, and mentally. Uh, Paul George, again, it's probably a three-horse race if I had to guess. You know, uh, I would say it's more likely uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Lakers, and maybe Houston is a, is a dark horse there. And uh, Houston, I was talking to Jared Dudley the other day on my podcast, and he said, he's like, that would be the thing that could get Houston over the top. And, and maybe they, they would be, you know, right there with Golden State or even favorites if they could add Paul George to James Harden and, and Chris Paul. Gotcha. Well, they, they could 
they could possibly do that, but there's some bad contract situations, especially with Ryan Anderson and guys like that. Uh, they would have to to, to work around, okay. but um, that would yeah. be a that would be a devastating team if they could do that. But um, yep. you know, staying in the East, um, the Celtics are they they really look like they're going to be the team of the future. Them in Philly, um, and depending on where LeBron goes now, let's just say hypothetically he stays in Cleveland. What can Cleveland do to make that roster better? I know Colin Sexton coming in helps, but do they think that they can go out and maybe shop some guys or talk a free agent into coming in and playing with that team that just got swept? I think it'd be hard. I mean, you know, to me, they don't have a lot. Uh, Kevin Love doesn't have the trade value he once did. Uh, who else is there? I mean, they're pieces. You know, you just traded for Nancy Clarkson. They didn't – Rodney Hood, they weren't good enough to make a major impact in the playoffs consistently. So I don't know what you really have that you can you can trade. I mean, you get, you know, J.R. Smith's a terrible contract. Tristan's a bad contract. Uh, you know, George Hill's getting older and, and, and inconsistent. So there's not much you can do if you're Kobe Altman right now uh, other than hope that Colin Sexton is the guy and put him with LeBron James and – I actually think those two play well together because LeBron needs a guy who can make a play off the bounce, and that's Sexton. Uh, Sexton, to me, is a, a real kind of uh, – I'm trying to think how to put it. Probably a a guy that, to me, uh, can look great one moment and look uh, really kind of um, – I don't want to say clueless, but, you know, he just doesn't make good decisions considering <laughs> I think he'd understand. He watched LeBron, understand how LeBron plays and can learn from him. But Sexton's a high ceiling, low floor type of guy for me. And uh, with LeBron, it would help. Without him, um, I think he'll have a lot more freedom. Uh, but I don't think anybody will really care what happens in Cleveland at that point. I uh, I have a couple questions about uh, other teams in the league. Like just yesterday, Austin Rivers – uh, yesterday, as we're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, um, was traded from the Clippers to the Washington Wizards uh, for Gortat. And you mentioned the Wizards earlier. Um, I'm kind of bewildered on, on, on Washington, on Portland, and on Toronto specifically. They both had the great backcourt, quote-unquote, and they're kind of all on that treadmill where they just uh, can't get over the top. Do you see any of the three uh, making a big move, say Damian Lillard moving out of Portland or, or any of those teams making crazy moves? I don't think you're – if you're Portland, I don't think you can trade one of those guards. But the shocking part was that the Trailblazers took Anthony Simons at 24, another guard who's a ways away. Um, and I've had a lot of people tell me they question his love for the game and his work ethic. Uh, Washington, you know, they, they made the Otto Porter signing, and that kind of – you know, hamstrung them a little bit. And Portland did the same thing a few years ago. Remember, they, they, they signed all those guys to big money. Mo Harkless was one, and they were able to kind of get under uh, out from underneath that a little bit. But um, Toronto, you know, the one that, that Toronto could really use if they could get him is like a DeAndre Jordan. Can they get a free agent, maybe not a marquee guy, but that next tier guy who could help them, um, at least in the East right now, get over the top, which – Again, if Cleveland loses LeBron, everybody would be picking the Celtics and Sixers. Uh, but, again, it's not like the Sixers have shown that they're ready yet. 
I still think they're probably a year or two away. And the Celtics, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of coexist when you throw Kyrie back into the the, the fray. Now that Tatum's kind of a star already, uh, and, and then you add Gordon Hayward to the mix as well. Yeah, for sure. The Celtics with the also in the uh, GM and the, the the coach, they could they literally have it all up there right now. Yep. Yep. Well, Tr brought up earlier that I'm uh, I'm a T Wolves fan, so I got to ask at least one T Wolves question here. Um, rumor has it Carl Anthony Towns is unhappy. There's been trade rumors. Whether I don't buy into all the hype, uh, but Wiggins is underperformed. There's talk that Butler may leave after this year. It's his contract year. They don't have a lot of cap space to make moves. Is Tom Thibodeau losing control of his team? He's not getting what what we all had hoped for. Um, what is? Do you have any idea what could possibly be going on up north in Minnesota? Well, I mean, listen. The bottom line is you got guys that that you, you two of your top three players don't really want to guard, and you've got a head coach that demands defense. And and the guy that fits him is Jimmy Butler, who played for him in Chicago. Um, but other than that, Andrew Wiggins, listen. I hate to say it, but I, I, I kind of question Wiggins being a star all along. He's got the physical abilities, we know, but I always question his toughness, his ability to be consistent. Everybody said what a great defender he was at Kansas and even in high school, and I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, at times, he's got all the ability to, but I think part of the problem is he got paid um, a lot of money when he didn't even defend. He hadn't really done anything. Uh, in the NBA when he really got paid a, a ton of money. Uh, and I, I think, unfortunately, now it's hard to tell a kid, well, now you've got to defend when he's already felt like, well, obviously what I did was right because you paid me. Uh, and, and Carl Anthony Towns is also not a great defensive player by any means. And, and I just don't think these are – sometimes you need guys that fit you as a head coach. And uh, when you got two of your top three players that really don't fit your mentality and your system and your style of coaching, it's, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. I'm going to jump back to Philadelphia um, because you brought up Andrew Wiggins. Uh, We have a third, actually we have a third um, member of our wide men team. He's from Canada. So I blame, the Wiggins softness on the Canadian descent um, <laughs> as a little writ to him. He, Anthony Bennett, another number one from Canada, and possibly R.J. Barrett in two years. Uh, anyway, R.J. won't be soft. R.J. will not be uh, soft. I hope he won't be. R.J. is kind of built for, for this. So, like, R.J. was built to be the number one pick and, and built to be a professional. Um you know, he's got the whole package where Wiggins just, you know, I just never felt like he was built to be a star, that he'd rather be a guy who kind of blends in uh, and doesn't have to deal with the pressure. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I, you have a lot more followers than we do and a lot better guests, so I'm glad we're on the same page here. It means I know a little something. I, I In Philadelphia, there was there's revisionist history here of a lot of the fan base of we literally when uh, Sam Hankey, who I didn't approve of his methods, um, but that's what was happening, so I had to go with it. There was yep. a campaign that was literally called Winless for Wiggins. And, uh, you know, I watch all the McDonald's games and all that kind of shit, sure. too. And uh, 
I was like, like you said, I don't, sorry about this, Nate, but I just don't see it with him as far as a top tier guy. I mean, I see him as a guy and, um, Hinky couldn't have picked Joel Embiid out of a police lineup that year. It just, you know, kind of fell into his Barbed lap at number yeah. three cause he was hurt. But, um, on that, on that specific draft, a guy that's been banged up and, and never really lived up to his potential, but now he's seemingly healthy and could be available. I see some upside, and tell me if I'm crazy, on uh, Jabari Parker. What do you think of Jabari? Well, here's the only problem I see with Jabari is, is obviously he, he's dealing with the injuries, so he's still trying to get back from, from a couple significant injuries, and he's also a ball stopper. Um, he's not a guy who really uh, wants to guard. So I don't – I mean, if you can get your bar, your bar Parker at low cost, that's one – I wouldn't give a lot. I wouldn't give a lot of money. I wouldn't give a, a lot for Jabari Parker right now just because, again, I think he's fairly one-dimensional as a scorer. Um, you know, the ball stops, doesn't really guard. Good kid. I liked Jabari as a kid a lot, but I, I don't – I think he's a piece. That's all. Okay. Well, Jeff, I'm looking here at your Twitter, which, by the way, we follow Jeff Goodman on Twitter, at Goodman Hoops, and you should too because he's got everything and everything you could imagine here. I'm looking at something. So we're going to change the subject from the NBA just for a minute. Updated national title odds. Uh, Kentucky at six to one, Duke at thirteen to two, Kansas eight to one, Villanova seventeen to two, Gonzaga nineteen to two. Nevada ten to one, North Carolina fourteen to one, Virginia eighteen to one, Tennessee twenty eight to one. You said Reed Travis is picking Kentucky um, with three, the top three picks. Uh, do you think Kentucky's still the favorite to win the national title coming back this year? With Duke, Duke uh, I just has don't know. If Duke, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Duke, I mean, may have the top three. We'll see. They they have the top three. Uh, freshman coming in, I would not say Zion Williamson is a top three pick in the draft, but uh, their top three players, uh, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Zion Williamson, you could make a case um, they're the three top recruits, and Duke has all of them coming in this year. The, the thing is, Kentucky just added Reed Travis, who's a beast down low, and he's a 50-year kid. So so he's he's a guy they needed. Uh, they could throw it in new. He's physically imposing. Um, they've got some, some talent back from a team that didn't really do all that well last year uh, by their standards. They've got guards. They've got a revamped perimeter. So that's why I've got Kentucky as, as a preseason favorite. Ashton Hagens is a, is a pure point guard with size. They've got enough shooting, not great shooting, but Kelvin Johnson is, is a hard-playing wing. So I, I like their makeup better than I like Duke's makeup uh, overall in terms of how they're put together. They've got shooting. They've got uh, a true point guard. They've got enough size up front. Um, I, I like the Wildcats this year. Just out of curiosity on, the, on, that, on that note, um, two years ago the video mix guys and everybody that you could look online to check out were – going crazy over Zion Williamson, obviously because he plays above the rim and, you know, pops some great video highlights. What, is there anything specific that's dropped him down? I, I know ESPN had him at, like, number two a year and a half, two years ago, I guess, as projected for uh, coming out of, of high school. Um, 
Did he, did he have any injuries? Did, did his game just kind of be exposed, and is there any weaknesses there? Yeah, I mean, he did have injuries, but it's more of the fact that he's probably 6'5", and, and he's really a four-man, in my opinion. You know, he's not a great shooter. Okay. Now, if he wants to work and work and work and become a good shooter, which is the area that most NBA guys feel like you can improve if you if you really work at it, um, maybe he can be a three-man at the next level. But, you know, he's a human highlight film. He's big. He's strong. Even when he was, like, gained, like, 25 pounds, he was up to, like, 270, 275, and he was still a dunking freak at that point. So mm. he lost that weight again. Uh, you know, he, he's, like you said, he's kind of a YouTube, Instagram sensation because of his ability to dunk. Kids love him. But kids love him a lot more than NBA guys love him. Point taken. Very true. Very true. And, uh, no love for my West Virginia Mountaineers on your betting. Oh, that, that hurts me a little bit. I do listen. I'm 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 a big I'm a big fan of of Hugs and and what he does, what he's done with that program is is really amazing to be honest. Because they don't recruit, you know, five star kids very often, uh, if at all. Um, so I I really do think, you know, they got Kanate back. They got Ahmad back, uh, Wesley Harris, Lamont West. I mean, they, they've got enough. Bolden, uh, and then Culver coming in as a top hundred kid. Another kid, Jordan McCabe, a point guard coming in who I think is a top hundred kid. So I, I, I think West Virginia is always going to be there. Um, you know, can they get to a, a Final Four again? I don't know, but. Uh, Huggins is always going to have them in the top 25, which is a testament to kind of what he's done and their toughness and their defense and their improvement on the offensive end and just, you know, getting better players too. Yeah. Sorry, TR, I had to sneak in a West Virginia plug. My boy Javon Carter got drafted 32 to Memphis. So, you know, it was a good day to Tough be a man there. That's, that's, oh, yeah, I love Javon. Javon's a great player. Uh, TR, you got anything before we let Jeff go? Yeah, well, I was I was going to tell him how you sold uh, Javon Carter to me early on, you know, uh, this season uh, defensively, and then I started zeroing in on our, every game that I could that they were on television. And uh, I'm kind of vicariously happy for you that he got drafted, and I wanted to ask Jeff uh, about him since we're talking about him specifically. He's a little on the small side, but yeah, his defense is obviously tenacious, which is – really valued in the NBA. Um, and he's got some offense. Obviously, he's not Steph Curry um, or James Harden, but uh, what do you see considering he's undersized but he does have that um, pit bull mentality for him in the NBA? Do you see a, a nice career for him? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, he's going to be on a team for a long, long time, and, and he may be on a bunch of teams um, because I'm not sure he's a starter in, in the NBA. But, you know, his toughness, um, his ability to guard, I think he can play the point in the NBA. Um, you know, they don't go after guys hard. They don't they don't pressure like they do in college. So I, I don't I don't think that'll be an issue for him at all. So I you know again I, I think Carter's a guy that will stick for a long time because he plays hard. He can guard. Uh, you do one thing, and that's what he does. He brings it. Gotcha. One more question, well, Nate. Um, uh, okay. Just, just quickly, Jeff. Uh, a surprise from the draft, maybe in your eyes, and a possible—I don't want you to get talking bad about people—but a possible bust who maybe 
overrated in the uh, public eye. I mean, surprised was probably Robert Williams falling at 27 in Boston. You know, that surprised, I think, everybody. You know, Porter, we kind of knew he was falling the night of the draft, but Robert Williams, you didn't realize he'd fall quite that far. Um, Had some character issues this year. Uh, Had had a medical issue that was kind of, you know, got him, you know, he changed his agent already. So a bunch of things there. So that, that would be the one. Surprise, I guess. The one that I think, you know, is, is kind of bust-worthy early. Uh, again, I mentioned Troy Brown a little bit with Washington at 15. I thought that was high. Sexton's a little bit of a, a wild card for me. Um, and, you know, to listen, Trey Young, number five, was, was high. I mean, it's high. I like Trey Young. Uh, I just think people are going to have to give it some time because his body's got to fill out. We're on the same mm-hmm. page again, Nate. I got a big future in this business. I, I, I was going to trade on myself. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Uh, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find you at and how they can keep up with you. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, at Goodman Hoops uh, is my new-ish Twitter handle. Uh, doing a, uh, a podcast now in the off season until I start my new gig in uh, in mid August, where I'll have a chance to kind of. Uh, do everything again, cover whatever, college basketball, cover NBA, uh, write again, uh, do TV, do games. Um, so the company, I'm not allowed to say the company name, but you guys can say it if you know it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be headed right. to a new place in mid-August. All right. Good for you. Well, sounds good. All Congratulations. Right. Thanks for getting in contact with us and us uh, getting back with us. And we you contacted you, and we appreciate you and hope to have you on again real soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Take care and good luck, all right? All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Thank guys. you. That was our conversation with Jeff Goodman and TR and I are back on the other side. TR Jeff was great and very gracious to come on with us. Uh, we do appreciate him and want to thank him again for jumping on with us. So everybody check him out on Twitter. And, uh, we assume he's getting called up to the big time. It's very, very soon. Yeah. I, uh, you know, that. I, I just won't say anything. I'll just say uh, people can read between the lines there as to what, yeah. uh, as to where you might see him in August. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. You don't know. We we don't we can't say 100, percent but we just assume. Um, well, let's get back looking at a few more free agents and where they may end up. Uh, the back to the free agents that you don't know about. Uh, I'm looking at a guy here, Tr unrestricted and i'm paying attention out there if you're waiting for restricted free agents maybe we can get to that another time um i'm focusing on unrestricted free agents right now Derek favors earned 12 million dollars last year um got a good face-up game he can pass good rebounder kind of bounced back this season 12 points a game seven rebounds a game I'll kick it to you first. Where do you think Derek Favors would do his would probably fit in? 
Tough question for me. Um, he's another guy like Ariza, uh, where to me, uh, fit. I guess fit in. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a hard question. It really is because you know I'm thinking myself. It's like Favors is in Utah. I'm not going to say he doesn't fit in in Utah, but Utah's going to have to get a stretch four because they've got Gobert. They're really going to need a guy that can stretch the floor. And Favors doesn't exactly have the long ball shot at the four position that they're going to need. Yeah. um, Kind of a tough question. He's he's one of the things you throw out there at me. Um, Um. it's very hard, very difficult if you think about it. Um, I honestly, Tr, you know, want to know where I think he would fit best, and it would it would anger me if he went there. But I think he would fit in perfectly here. That'd be the Golden State Warriors. Their biggest guy right now that they play is Draymond Green or Kevon Looney, and Favors is bigger than both of those guys. Um, granted they just won the championship, but favors is a big guy. He can dunk, he can run. He's not going to be the three point threat you need, but you got so many. Do you really need another one? Yes. You assume Draymond's going to walk next season. Um, when his contract is up because he wants max money and you're not going to be able to give both clay Thompson and Draymond green max money. Derek favors to the warriors would just fit. And they could probably get him. He, you're not going to give him a max deal, but you could probably get him a lot cheaper than it would be to keep Draymond Green. And to me, favors on that team fits perfect. And he's not going to be able to shoot like Draymond, but he can do all the things that Draymond does right now, and pl- probably, um, probably be a little better in the post and rebound better. Yeah, that's that's a good pull from you. Um, you know, it seems like I, I kind of want this run to come to an end. I'd li- I'd like Clay to uh, to move next year. You know, we all would, but I you just you you know it's not happening. Uh, well, Some, you never know what can unravel during this next season or whatever. But yeah, it does. I mean, it looks like the top three guys are pretty comfortable there if they can you know, I'll fit them money wise and everything else. And, uh, but that's a good pull because, uh, off the top of my head, I forgot who they just drafted, but I was like shaking my head that they got another good, another good player. Who'd they just pick up? Oh man. You asked me, um, so let me look both, here. We're both, cause it was another good player at that 28, uh, or 27. I forget the Celtics got they uh, had Robert the, uh, Williams, which was just like, they had the, they had the 28th pick. Um, I'm not 100% on who they got. Um, it was somebody truthfully. that was uh, it was a good player who should have went a little bit earlier. And I was just they like, got the Jacob, got Williams. They got Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati. Sorry about that. Can yeah. you hear that? Okay, yeah, pop-up. Pop-up ad. I was looking it up on my computer. Uh, they got Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati. Yeah, they got Jacob Evans, <laughs> probably the toughest guy to come out of college, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, hard, hard nosed player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like the uh, the Celtics with Williams dropping like uh, 
Mr. Goodman said, and and you know that it's 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 like the rich keep getting richer, man, and it's it's frustrating. But uh, you know if uh, if they're if they're keying in on on um, Browning, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they just it's just refueling this. You know, like I, I said on other shows, and uh, it's like, you know, when they first, when they were climbing that ladder and building through the draft, and uh, some people were uncertain on Steph Curry, and I was behind them, and I saw, you know, I saw I'd him love being to an have NBA star. You what? <laughs> I'd have loved to have had him. You know. Oh, of course, yeah. In, instead, uh, we took have... two point guards in front of him, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. But um, the thing is, it's like, you know, you were really behind them and Mark Jackson was at the helm and they made the switch and uh, they just, you know, made that transition. Which I, think, from I, a, I still think I still think them switching coaches was stupid. I'll, I don't care how successful they are. That was Mark Jackson's team that he was building and they were starting to pick up steam and you fire the guy and hell, T.R., Anybody could coach that team. <laughs> it's not hard. Well, I mean, Luke Walton did, for instance. You know, exactly. When, when Steve was Here's out. The ball. Here's the ball. You're across. You're across the half court. Okay, shoot. There you go. Championship. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's they uh, on the cusp, and and I used to share that mentality, and I don't necessarily uh, not share that mentality about Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Um, but Mark Jackson, uh, you know, a lot of Stephen A. was the most vocal of getting him into the Knicks position. And really, uh, uh, somebody in passing made a comment that knows what he's talking about uh, off the record and mentioned the word asshole um, specifically about Mark Jackson. And I don't know, you know, we're we're – creeping our way closer inside, but we're not inside inside. And uh, Mark Jackson has not been really talked about seriously with any organizations. And there's certainly been openings. So, um, yeah, it kind of, it kind of seems like there people are kind of ducking him and he's a good coach. Yeah. So there must be something else going on there. I mean, he's obviously a, uh, a decent commentator. I think he could be better if, it's like it almost seemed. I, I think I pointed it out on one of our championship shows. It seemed like he was given LeBron unnecessarily unnecessary criticism and criticisms. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I could be reading too much into it. Maybe uh, just the time and place isn't right for him. But you know, um, that's that remains to be seen if if he'll ever see a coaching job again in the NBA. But uh, back to the Warriors, yeah, that's that's. Well, before, uh, before you move, before you go back, if he slaps Jeff Van Gundy, he should get the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Moving Van on, Van Gundy is a frustrating guy, yeah. Um, but he he Dumbass. seems, you know, he played for him, and uh, he played for him. That was a time frame, right? And uh, yeah, I believe he played maybe, for maybe him when not. he was in the Knicks. I believe Van Dun- Van Gundy coached the Knicks when Jackson was there. And they do seem to have a, uh, you know, mutual love fest, so to speak, and a odd couple type relationship where it's almost a sideshow and commentary. But, um, 
yeah, I've kind of got totally off the subject of free agency. My bad, but <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, it's okay. That, it's okay. That's a good pull. That's a good pull because uh, they just, like you said, the rich get richer, and uh, Draymond Green has already made a public statement about you know uh, possibly leaving Golden State, and I think that's going to change the complexion of a lot of things if 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 you plug. Uh, plug him in and Draymond's out and everybody's like, Oh, we lost. And then it's kind of the same result. And with a, you know, bigger body and less bullshit, less, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) less Draymondism. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's a good fit. It's, uh, somebody I wasn't thinking about. And so I wasn't prepared to pull a team out of my ass. And, uh, I think that's a good fit. And I just, I hope it's not true because I, I kind of want to see more parity and I want to see Golden State take a step down a little bit in oh, just do. natural stepping down as opposed to uh, I don't want to see anybody hurt or injured or anything, but I'd like I'd like to see somebody really push them in the West. So Again, we're not looking at the actual contracts of what would need to happen here, but uh, another team favors would probably fit in would be Portland. Um, I believe they have Noah Vonley as their guy at the four. Uh, they could really use some help at the four, and I think Favors would fit in nicely there. Uh, but yeah. I think Golden State, I think Golden State makes the most sense though for him if if they make an offer, and it makes sense for the organization. All right, a uh, few more here, and uh, then we got a couple things we're going to talk about before we before we leave the air. Um, Tyreek Evans, who the Memphis Grizzlies was trying to trade last season, he averaged 19.4 points per game, five rebounds, five assists, all while shooting over 39% from three. Only three players last season did that. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Tyreek Evans. He only made $3.2 million last season. And he is unrestricted free agent. Um the Grizzlies tried to get a first-round pick for him. Nobody bit. So Tyreek Evans can kind of go where he wants now. Memphis will get nothing for him. Where will he end up is the question. Where would he fit? Well, I mean, he'd certainly fit here in my opinion. I mean, uh, you know, from this nearby may be Chester, Chester, Pen- this, this, may be, this may be one guy that could fit anywhere, any team he could go to. Um, he could help out, yeah. but go ahead, go ahead and finish your point. I mean, he he could fit in here. Um, there's definitely no, no problem on the offensive end. He's a 19 four game. He had a rookie of the year to his credit. He had kind of a, uh, what they call it? A sophomore hangover. Maybe he's a little banged up. I don't quite recall exactly, but, um, he's an NBA player for sure. And he's a local kid here. Uh, Chester, Pennsylvania. He didn't go to the uh, dominant program, state multi-time state champion Chester High School, uh, his hometown. He went to another school, um, but from Chester nonetheless. So he's obviously grew up uh, highly aware of the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not sure if he's a, a lifelong Sixers fan or not, but. Um, He's one of those guys that I'd love. I would have liked to have him last year when the rumor mill was swirling. Um, And he could have helped us in the playoff time, at least on the offensive end. And 
Uh, I'm not saying he's uh, <laughs> Marco Bellinelli defensively, but I mean, is uh, he can just <laughs> he can put up 20. He can put up 25 when you really need it, and you know, with Ben Simmons and his lack of shooting, uh, I'm not going to say he can't shoot like everybody's already determined, but he certainly. Looks like it's uh, pulling teeth to get him to shoot, which is the first step of getting better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of selfishly zeroed in on on that if we don't get that home run hit in this off season. Um, but yeah, I like Tyreek as a player. I like him um, from what I've seen on interviews as a player, and I'm biased locally. Uh, but like you said, he you know any team for a little spark and and just a solid starter. Uh, yeah. pretty much anywhere but maybe Golden State and that's about off the top of my head that's about it that that he, you know, he would maybe Houston um they he could maybe go, he, start there he could go to Philly that would be a great fit i think Philly would be a, a really good fit for him um he played, he made 3 million 3.2 million last season um JJ Redick made 23 let's just yeah. say you Let's just say you give Tyreek Evans ten million. You just save thirteen million dollars and can go get another good player for what yeah. and Tyreek Evans offensively is gonna he may not be the shooter JJ Reddick is, but he's a similar player and he's gonna get you more rebounds and more assists. So I don't For sure. I just he, he would be a good fit for Philly. You know, a team that I looked at for him that would probably be a really good fit. Um, Milwaukee would be good for him. Tony Snell's a a decent three, but he's not an offensive threat. He's more of a defensive guy. Um, Miami would be great for Tyreek Evans to go play with Joran Drogic and Bam Bam Adebayo. And I assume Hassan Whiteside will not be a guy down there anymore, but uh, Dwayne Wade, I think, will play again uh, to help his team. James Jones is there. Tyler Johnson, uh, players like that. You're not going to get uh, – excuse me, James Johnson, not James Jones. Excuse me, James Johnson. Um, you're not going to get – he's going to have to step up and become a number – a third option there if he goes to Miami. But Miami proved they they're tough. They are a tough team in the playoffs, uh, and they showed that. And they've got players, and they're getting they're they're getting better. They've got Kelly Olynyk, guys like that. I think Tyreek Evans could be another piece to that Miami puzzle to improve. Now, is he going to help them win a championship? No, but that could make Miami a better team. Uh, he would fit solidly there. And uh, I hate to I hate to go back to it, but hey, Cleveland. He'd be great. He'd be great yeah. where he goes. Yeah, make Cleveland great again, right? Um, <laughs> on, <laughs> with, uh, I mean, that's that seems to be, uh, you know, Brian Windhorst, who who's your uh, number one, you're his number one oh, fan. Yeah. I just love him. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Is he is he your Baron Corbin of the NBA or what? <laughs> Brian Whitehorse, uh, and no, and, and I don't dislike the man personally. I'm just trying to figure out what he's going to do when LeBron retires. I'm just worried about him because the man literally follows LeBron James <laughs> everywhere he goes. It's like 
They don't call. I don't even think they call him an NBA reporter anymore. They call him like a LeBron reporter. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like they hired this guy to be compared to a news. Like you have a guy who's a White House correspondent. Okay, your job right. is to cover the White House. You cover nothing but the White House. In this case, they hired a guy to be a LeBron correspondent. They're like, okay, you cover LeBron. We literally have a guy who covers just LeBron. Screw everybody else in the league. The LeBron network is here. And and, and you know what? You've set me up on a rant here. Um, it must have been a slow news day for sports the other day. I mean, it makes sense. The draft was over. Um, we're in a dark time right now. There's no basketball. Football has not started. Um, fortunately, the World Cup is here, and thank God for it. Um, but the only highlight you're going to get is baseball on uh, American TV in terms of sports. Did you see what, what the big news was the other day? And I'm telling you what, it almost broke Twitter and ESPN was sharing it, and they were getting bitched at about it. I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure I did, but I, I just don't know what you're referring to until you tell me. LeBron James's son. Did you see this? Oh, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about? yeah, 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 yeah. LeBron James' yeah, about... son went to dunk the ball in a game, and he missed. Ladies and gentlemen, that he, was new. He almost, he almost got it. That was the what big story. What fucking do? He almost got it. Yeah. He didn't do it. First of all, he didn't make it. Second of all, why is this news? <laughs> because it's related to LeBron and the sports world's obsession, whether it be Bleacher Report, Sports Center, ESPN. The big news is always LeBron. Breaking news, LeBron had broccoli for lunch. It's, his son missed a dunk. Why is this news? Why? Why are we making news out of this? He missed. Like, I can understand if it's like LeBron's 15-year-old, 14-year-old son does 360 reverse tomahawk jam, shatters glass, and then fucks bitch afterward. But, no, he missed. He didn't even make it. And yeah. we're making news out of this. Like, come well, on. as a as a fellow uh, chunky man, uh, as you share the same qualities, hence the name of our show, Mister Windhorst. Uh, it seems you know over the course of time, I respect his reporting. Uh, you know, and uh, if, it, oh, if it's I'm about not saying that, he's bad. I'm not saying he's bad at his job. He's actually very good at his job. I just think that his job is ridiculous. It's like yes, being, uh, guy, I, you know, it's not like a job that somebody has to do. It's like the dude at the circus who has to wipe the elephant's ass, even though you could just leave the elephant's ass dirty if you wanted to. It's a fucking elephant. Wow. He does good. He does good at his job, but does he even really need to do it? He could spend his time doing other things. You know. Well, let's speak about. Let's let's speak about the elephant in the room. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, call back from <laughs> your reference. Uh, no, but I was leading to uh, as wide men can't jump, hence the name. And he's a uh, chunky, chunky fellow, Mister Windhorse. Uh, 
I would welcome him here with open arms. It seems that, well, yeah, I would. It would be a great get, you know, as far as just our our roster of alumnus. Um, But he's gotten a little smarmy over the course of time, I've noticed, which is kind of funny, you know, because. Oh, yeah. You know, great. Uh, Like, I always. I don't want to get off Tyreek Evans and possibly going to Cleveland, but you know how we go with with these rants and stuff. Um, it's all good. We got time. When I did the when I did the cup of coffee in the Sixers organization for entertainment, Stephen mm-hmm. A was a a writer for the Inquirer, but um, Stephen A was Stephen A back then. He was always well dressed, always came in with a presence, uh, always. Even though he was a writer, he would always get little TV spots locally, and and he would be that, you know, uh, loud, verbose personality. But it wasn't, you know, it was well at times it was, but it wasn't really like uh, kind of the way Windhorse is going. Windhorse will kind of like dismiss even other reporters. Um, Recently, I I don't recall him doing it in the beginning when he got his uh, uh, national exposure. Um, uh, he did a local interview here in Philadelphia, and he was just like, "No, nah, no." Somebody you know explained a point to him and a possibility, kind of like we did with uh, with Jeff Goodman. Um, yeah, you know, presenting things to him, and you know, his his smarmy remarks were like, "No, it's not going to happen." You gotta, you gotta bring something more to the table for LeBron and blah 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 blah, and it's just dismissive. And I don't know, he's reading his own press clippings, it seems. Um, but you know, he's in a better position than than us, and he gets to wear an expensive suit and cover some of that chunkiness that we don't. Um, <laughs> but back to Tyreek and free agency. Um, the reason I brought up Ryan Winhorse is because. Uh, with Magic Johnson coming out the other day, this is a mixed signal where he says, you know, I'll I'll step down myself if in two years I don't have, you know, the pieces here or whatever. But everybody's just kind of dismissing the whole NBA other than Cleveland or L.A. Yeah. for LeBron James. And it's it would just seem very odd to me if it would be a stand-up move for James to stay in Cleveland. Um, It just seems very odd from his history. And unless he's matured to a point where, Hey, I've been to nine championships, eight, eight in a row. And I, and I got three rings, um, possibly going to have, you know, 90% of the individual accolades when it's all said and done. Um, but I, I, you know, as a as a fan of the game, and as a whole, I, you know, obviously I'd like to see him here, but uh, yeah. I'd like to see him with better surrounding players, and even with Sexton, Tyreek Evans, we're not talking Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, etc. Um, we're talking the the next tier down, and uh, you know, he can only do so much as himself, as we've seen the last couple seasons. Yeah, but if he adds those players, I think he's already in a better situation. Better, yeah, but is it enough? No, or it's is not it enough. Championship but again is it better? For year yes. five. 
I don't want year five of Cliff of Clifton. I almost said Cleveland versus the Golden State. I do not want year five of that. Um, well, neither do I. Neither do I. And it's but, uh, just, uh, yeah, I want I him read, out of there. But can I read you something? You can read me anything. Richard Jefferson. I don't know if you have you seen this. Did you see what Richard Jefferson put out? No, I uh, I was a fan of Richard. I hope I'm not going to not be after this. But go ahead. Richard Jefferson put out on his, I believe, Snapchat, um, and it was screenshotted. He had wrote a note on his uh, notepad on his iPhone. It says, it is with great remorse that I am writing this. After many years as a peer and many years as a friend and teammate, I have decided to end my friendship with LeBron James. I am saying this publicly so that the fans and media members can please stop asking me where he is going in free agency. I don't know, my family doesn't know, and neither do my kids. Unfortunately, I live in Los Angeles, so questions are unavoidable, but hopefully this, this helps clear things up. Truth be told, I never liked the guy. He works too hard. It makes the rest of us look bad. He's my son's favorite player, and I view that as a complete betrayal of how hard I've worked to put a roof over his head. I'm sorry I'm having to give this, quote, Drake response, but I feel like this is the best way to address this issue that I'm clearly losing also. I wish everyone the best of luck in free agency. Teams, players, oh, and middle finger to Channing Frye also just because. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody is fed up with hearing about LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's June 29th. Uh, just to milk it more, I think, from the NBA is uh, when they can opt in or opt out officially, yeah. but free agent officially, whatever that means, as far as the difference between the two, I guess, you know, to say who they're going to go for and who can talk to them and stuff publicly at least um is july 1st so i'll be glad when that date gets here so you know not that it's going to happen on the first day but we'll get a little clearer picture of what the hell's going on um as we've reiterated and even the carmelo anthony not that i uh would consider him a top tier although he was in certain seasons he was a top guy um his numbers dropped last year. He granted he was an OKC. He wasn't the guy uh, shooting up any shot he wanted at any point. He had you know Russell and uh, Paul George and even Stephen Adams, et cetera, which he didn't have in New York. But his numbers went down in uh, in almost all facets of the game. And uh, me, I, I just look at guys at 15 and 16 years in the league, and I just LeBron is a freak, and he it's been said before by me because I heard it somewhere else that he spent a lot of money on hyperbolic chambers, and he's a work freak as far as conditioning, and he wants to be here long. He's Tom Brady-esque. He's got a big body, and he never gets hurt. Yeah, but I don't know. A lot of times undefeated, as I've said already on this show. And yeah, if – if, you know, you can't think for the best player in the world. But I'd just like to see him have one more run with a qualified, uh, at least twosome on the side, you know, and, and, and then really see if he – I think that, I think it should or get off the pot for LeBron James this year. I really do. 
I, I don't see in year 17, there, a lot of people are anticipating year 17. Uh, then if LeBron stays in Cleveland, then, the, the, you know, he can possibly go, you know, come out the following year and this, that, and the other, and Clay will be available. Scenarios, scenarios, scenarios. But then you're talking about year 17. What, what did Kobe play, 19? Something like that. I know Garnett played 20 or 21. Uh, Dirk's getting yeah. close to – I think Dirk's doing 20. This will be his 20 or 21st season. Like, nobody's ever played more than 21 seasons. Yeah, and, they, and, the, and they drop off, man. Everybody drops do. off the best of the best. And he, as I mentioned, he, he keeps himself in shape and goes out of his way to do – the best he can for his body, but I mean, you got to get it in. If he stay, if he stays at Cleveland, he's got no shot unless some crazy thing happens with Golden State that we're not anticipating. And you know that would, if he stays, that's going to make other moves uh, a trickle effect. And uh, Boston, you know, Boston's going to end up stronger. And yeah what was mentioned earlier in one of our interviews was, uh, you know, a possibility of uh, DeAndre Jordan going up north, uh, land of Tim, and mm-hmm. uh, being with the Raptors, who were number one all year until they met their arch nemesis, who they can't seem to get through. But then the Sixers are going to – I don't want to – I'm hesitant to say they're going to improve because uh, – 52 wins was kind of more than they should have had, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And unless they make the right moves, I don't know if they're going to be, uh, if they're going to make a, a forward step or not. I mean, it, it remains to be seen, but um, it does. My, 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 my point uh, as far as the East is that you're 16, you're, you're pushing it, Mr. James. I, if you're going to stay home and just be a noble, loyal, guy to the area you grew up grew up in and uh kind of make penance for the decision and ride it out and see where it goes god bless you as a, as a moral and a uh, ethical decision i don't want to mention that word again but uh <laughs> i i would i would really like to see him go somewhere where he has some loaded guns and 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 go after that west and go after you know, if Golden State plays LeBron again, I'm not necessarily uh, unhappy. But if Golden State goes against LeBron with with a stronger team that's a different team, that wouldn't mm-hmm. be so bad. And that's all. No. I'll close on that. I've been rambling. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, by the way, if you're listening live to the show right now, we will be off the air in about a minute. Uh, but I do have one or two more things I want to discuss before TR and I call it a night. So if you're listening live, uh, as soon as the show's over with, you can download it and listen to what you missed. Um, And again, thank you for listening. And check out our sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, makeup by Kennedy at facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. Thanks to Jeff Goodman and thanks to Stevie Browning for being our guest tonight. Thanks for listening if you listen live. If we cut out, that's what's going on. Download the show and we'll finish up. Cause I got a couple more things I want to talk about here. TR, if you don't care, um, there is a free agent here that you mentioned Deandre Jordan, who has a player option that he hasn't picked up yet. There's an unrestricted free agent 
who, if he goes to the right spot, could make an impact. Um, I don't know who's who would really be able to make a move on him, but that would be Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, as we leave the tease there, as we're getting ready to go off the live live part of the show, I think DeMarcus Cousins could be a guy in free agency that nobody really talks about. They talk about your Paul Georges and your LeBrons and you know all these guys, Kevin Durant, but we all know he's going back to the Warriors. Um, we talk about all these players. Boogie Cousins isn't getting a lot of a lot of plug, and nobody's really mentioning him. Could the Lakers make a move to get Boogie Cousins? Bring him over. Granted, he had coming off the Achilles injury, but before the Achilles injury, he had he was averaging twenty five points per game, thirteen rebounds, and five five point four assists. He's the most dominant big man in the league. He's matured, but that Achilles might affect him getting a max deal. The Lakers could make a move for Demarcus Cousins and build around him. You give him a max deal, you can still bring in a Paul George. Now, the thing is, do you think Paul George DeMarcus Cousins will be enough? I say no, not even with their core, but they can still, if they sign George, they sign Cousins, they could still trade for Kawhi if they can get something for him. So I think Cousins could end up in L.A. with a max deal. Um, another place I think would, who I honestly secretly think they are going to try and cut some salary and make a move for him to pair up with their two good guards is the Washington Wizards. They just traded Gortat for Austin Rivers. Um, I think the, um, the Michael, not Michael Porter, the Otto Porter Jr. contract is inflated and I believe they will do something to unload it, uh, if they can. And I think DeMarcus Cousins could be a wizard this year, if at all possible. Um, that would be a good fit for him. Playing back with John Wall, who he played with in college. Uh, Bradley Beal's a good shooter. You'd have Kelly Oubre. Uh, the Troy Brown draft pick, I'll agree with Jeff. I didn't get understand that pick. But, hey, they know they know more than me, supposedly. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> so what do you think? He could go to the Wizards. There's a possibility that he could end up uh, re-signing with New Orleans if he wants to, because Anthony Davis loves him, apparently. Um, yeah. There's some teams that could really use a big guy like that. What do you think about DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins? That that injury was so unfortunate, because uh, it really that was. would have changed the complexion of a lot of things, you know, as we speak. Um and we don't have a, a, a definite time frame where he's going to be back to being himself. Um, but yeah, I, I never even thought about the connection with getting rid of Gortat and the fact that Boogie's available. That's an interesting uh, dynamic because Washington certainly needs to do something. Um, and that's an interesting scenario. Um when he's healthy, playing with Wall and Beal, they'd be pretty damn tough. Uh, I, I and in L.A., I, yeah, in L.A., I've, 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 I've heard that, and, and, and I think I read that recently, that that's a possibility. Um, he's a monster, man. He's uh, – any night, you know, he's motivated. He's, 
like you said, he's matured. So he's, you know, I don't want to use motivated. Like I want to, I'm disparaging him, but, uh, you know, he's, he's just grown up as far as he's not the guy that's going to Draymond it up. Like, uh, he used to be, and he's a little more scary than Draymond. Um, but yeah, um, LA and, and, and Washington make total sense. And, uh, if, if he can shake loose that very tough, very weird injury of the, you know, the Achilles tendon, um, and come back a hundred percent, I think he's got 10 more good years in him at least. And, you know, he's, he's a dominant, dominant player and, you know, it it could provide a mix and match of, of of scenarios that we didn't even aren't aren't being talked about. So, I'm all for. Uh, I I wish him a speedy recovery because that'll make everything more interesting. Um, I, a healthy boogie in Washington would have real like if 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 we knew for for sure that he's just gonna be completely himself again with, you know, cause I, I, I mentioned splitting up some of the key backcourts that have just kind of been a hamster on the wheel, you know, just yeah. getting to the playoffs and never getting to the, even a sniff of the championship. And, you know, those are one player away really. And, uh, he's, he's that guy he could be. So, um, I do hope he comes back around. Yeah, I, I hope he, you know, I, uh, Davis like loves him like a brother, you know, and uh, he's been uh, very open about it, very candid that uh, like he wants, he wants Boogie Cousins with him, you know, and uh, so that's going to be a tough, a tough sell and, you know, an interesting thing to follow that uh, isn't getting the, all the press that top three guys are getting and, uh, I think we got a good season next year already now that I'm thinking about it with all these draft picks and and people on the move and so forth but uh but yeah I'm I'm down I'm down with the boogie. Well, according to Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski, so this kind of fits here. The Mavericks Are those have withdrawn Oh yeah, you know. They 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 act like they know. The Mavericks have withdrawn their qualifying offer to Doug McDermott, and they still have interest in retaining him, but it, this makes it easier to clear his $10 million cap hold and makes him an unrestricted free agent. So according to what that was Zach Lowe reporting, then Adrian Wojnarowski says Dallas could create as much as $26 million in cap space, which would include declining a $5 million option with Dirk and re-signing him to a lower number, and that's per Bobby Marks, a front office insider for the ESPN NBA. Um, and the Mavericks could make a run for DeMarcus Cousins if he is interested. So the Mavericks could be a, an interested party for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, uh, they're another team. I mean, Doncic, geez. Well, they they would have Dennis like Smith Jr. They would have Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I'll get it right. Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, Wesley Matthews, Harrison Barnes. Then they could add either DeAndre Jordan, depending on his player option, or Demarcus Cousins. Tr, that could be a playoff team. Yeah, 
that could be an outside sleeper for a for a playoff spot in the West. Oh, I, I think I think you can almost mark it down that they would be in the playoffs, and uh, they would keep Dirk too because Dirk's coming back, and that that's good for him. That's good for Dirk. Yeah, that uh, takes that takes pressure off him. Lets those legs heal. It's to be his, I think, his twentieth or twenty first season. That would be great for Dirk. It's almost like that that year where um, where Duncan his production went down, but then when his role decreased, his production went back, yeah, not up to the yeah. you know level it was, but when it he needed them, he was there. Been. Right, and he had fresh legs, and mm-hmm. that's a big key. And if, if it you is. can if you can work around an all timer and he has fresh legs as opposed to you know killing them out there. It's it's all the difference in the world, and uh, you know there's a lot of you know Dallas would be one of those you know he got fined Mark Cuban for talking openly about tanking, and uh, you know a one year turnaround would be would be amazing, and I know your buddy <laughs> background Josh oh, Brown would be uh, doing backflips. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, he does not like DeAndre Jordan. I'll tell you that much. After the fiasco uh, that happened a few a few years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, DeAndre, uh, he was an All NBA guy. Uh, what two years ago? And now with yeah. so many bigs emerging, young bigs, and uh, you know, it seems like everybody's grown to be seven foot these days, and then you know they can all do multiple things. So he's kind of down to a second tier big man from All NBA in a couple seasons, but. Certainly not nothing well, he's at if he's got a lot of good players around him. Well, he's he's a rim protector and he does his job well, but you're looking at a an NBA now where a seven footer like Demarcus Cousins, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, these guys have got to be able to shoot threes now. Did you ever think yeah. you'd live to see a day where seven footers need to make three point shots? And we're living in it, man. Not at all. Not at all. We're in a market like... where where Sean Bradley was uh here and uh exactly you know minute bowl doesn't look so dumb after all now does he (laughs) yeah exactly exactly Uh, yes but uh we hope you enjoyed a little bit of our free agency talk i definitely wanted to get to demarcus cousins that was the one i really wanted to get to because that's the one well you missed the biggest what is it he's the he's the biggest but you missed one of our favorites though oh marcus smart yeah, man. Yeah. I uh I don't know where it would he, fit. I think he resigns with Boston. I really do. I He's perfect for that team and he does everything they want him to. Um let me find him here. I saw him on this earlier. Um Smart is is a great player. And you and I both are big fans of his. Um if I can find on this list here, because um, this has got this has got every free agent that you could imagine on it, all the way down to like David Stockton, like that's <laughs> the player yeah. that it has on the list. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what he made last season. I honestly think though that I, and did anybody know that I had no clue that Derek Williams was still in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, apparently, played for the Lakers for two games, and he 
He scored two points in nine minutes last season. But he played well in China. And Derek Williams in his career, folks, in case you want to feel awful about yourself, he averaged one point and then .5 rebounds last season. His career, that dude's made almost $30 million. So, uh, yeah, think about that the next time you clock in tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Marcus Smart, I think he he stays in Boston. Uh, he knows his role there. Um, he plays well. He does what he needs to do. Here he is. Uh, also, he's a re- restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. So that was the reason why I right. didn't cover him. Uh, I was trying to make sure we just covered the restricted free, the unrestricted free agents because we wouldn't have enough time to get into all those. Um, but I think he stays in Boston. I think if Boston lets anybody walk this season, it's going to be uh, Terry Rozier. That's just my opinion. Yeah, uh, it looks that way. Uh, but I was just, you know, salivating over, even though there's not a, a specific. You know, uh, when people talk, well, uh, we need this is what we need and what what fits and what I don't give a shit if it fits or not. Uh, if he was in a Sixers jersey, I smile. You know. Oh, I bet. I'd love him in Minnesota just for his attitude. Yeah, yeah. Crazy bastard and crazy like a fox. Smart and crazy. I love that combination. You know. So. <laughs> Like me? Uh, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, and like, like, but, uh, <laughs> like most of my old girlfriends, except the smart part. But anyway. <laughs> you were ready? I was. But uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. This has been our 34th episode. Wow, 34 episodes of the of the flagship show, man. Where does the th- I don't know where the time goes, but it sure goes fast. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. But uh, this is Nate and TR. We've had a blast tonight. Check out newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. For our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New, makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. Support our sponsors. Thank you again. To Jeff Goodman and to Stevie Browning for joining us. Um, a lot of me and TR on this episode, but we haven't done that in a while. So uh, well, we hope you, we got you ready with some free agents that you did, your unrestricted free agents you don't hear about from ESPN and all those big name talk uh, guys. We like to dive deep into the league here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you're not up to date with the Wide Men Can't Jump or the Wide Men Radio Network, What's wrong with you? We've had an amazing week of shows. Um, Tim and I did the uh, World Cup review on Monday, uh, getting ready for the big uh, the round of 16, which is coming soon. We've also done, we had the Sunday Night Roundtable this past week with Bobby Blaze. And, oh, my God, if you love Bobby Blaze, listen to that. That show was a blast, absolute blast. One of my favorite shows we've ever done, if you ask me, with Bobby. Yep. Uh, Tim and Tom show, I think you guys put out a new episode last night, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you? Yes, yes we did. All right. So we've got new shows like crazy. Check them all out. Enjoy them. Uh, Leave us a five-star review, five-star ratings on iTunes. Check out all of our sponsors. Show them some love. TR, do you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? 
Nah, just that I'm hungry. I gotta find something to eat. <laughs> and follow at the way wide jump on Twitter. Follow at wide jump on Twitter for sure. Absolutely. Uh, check, follow the show. Follow the show, please. Join the conversation. We've had some some good conversations here the past week or two, so uh, get in on those. Uh, thanks everybody again for listening. And TR, send us home, man. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Facebook.com slash MakeupKennedy, and WowFreeCam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. <laughs>